Good evening from the bowels of the Horror Press estate, and welcome to the first episode of the Horror Press Podcast, a podcast brought to you by HorrorPress.com. My name is James Michael, and I'm the curator of all things Horror Press. The aim of the show is to bring you the latest horror news that you may have missed or overlooked, a place to quickly cover the happenings of the horror world, whether that's studio announcements, movie releases, or box office numbers, as well as some light genre discussion. So I'm joined today with Brucker Norris from Autopsy of a Horror Movie, and we're going to start discussing our movie news segment. And what better way to start with than with Megan? Um, Megan seems to be exploding all over the place, so let's get right to it. So, Brucker, um, I heard you tried to see Megan, and uh, how did that go? Um, yeah, we tried to go see Megan yesterday, and I wish I could say that we were part of the $85 million worldwide box office that it has right now, but, um, we, we went, you know, Saturday night, like seven o'clock, you know, prime time, and it was a packed theater, but, oh my God, we were just kind of surrounded by movie talkers and like people were on their phones, Snapchatting throughout the whole thing. And we were kind of like asked people, at least around us to like, if they could just like calm down a little bit because we're trying to, it's like very distracting, but it, it it was a fruitless endeavor. And so we ended up, instead of just doing there for two hours angrily, we decided to just like get a refund and go home and watch Friday the 13th part four. But the part of Megan that I saw, I did enjoy. <laughs> that really sucks. Cause I think Megan's such a fun movie. Um, yeah, I had a great time seeing it. I would definitely go see it again, especially looking forward to that director's cut that I've been hearing about. Um, how far did you get into it? Uh, for for those that have seen it and trying to not spoil too much for those that haven't, uh, I felt like I got about 30 to 40 minutes into the movie. We were uh, we were already past the point where uh, the aunt had kind of shown the Megan prototype interacting with her niece to her boss and the, and the boss green lighting to make all these things. And then Megan enacting revenge on the neighbor's dog. That's like when we had to leave. Yeah. It's really cool to see that it's doing so well, considering um, hearing about this movie so long ago, thinking that it was going to be kind of corny, <laughs> but uh, it, it's turned out pretty well. Uh, I'm glad I got to see it. I probably will watch it again, especially as I mentioned, the director's cut with all the proper kills in it. But I can see why they would want to tone it down to get as much money out of it as possible. And it's doing really well box office wise. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I said, it's making uh, according to an article from yesterday, um, it's made over 85 million worldwide at the box office, which is just great for, you know, a Blumhouse horror movie that only had a budget of 12 million. I mean, James Wan just knows how to take a little bit of budget and then turn it into a box office success. I mean, the the dude just has a crazy track record with doing that. And I think I read somewhere that it's the highest grossing horror movie in January. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting to see if that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's great to hear. I mean, it, knowing how well it's doing, it, it probably means so much for the horror community down the line for more horror coming down the pipeline. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And like more weirder ideas, too, because this is James Wan's like, I guess, kind of like second movie, kind of sort of getting away from these conjuring sort of universes that he's been tied into for so long. Because, you know, last year he had Malignant come out, which was 
kind of like this very fun b-horror giallo throwback movie that was so wacky but in bonkers but it was a fun time and now we're also getting like this crazy ai toy killer toy idea from him so i'm, I'm kind of curious to see you know just how many of these like wacky ideas that he's been withholding because he's been contracted to do all these conjuring movies yeah and the potential because i've been seeing them kick around online at least playfully if you follow uh, the official Chucky account, like they've been talking smack to each other and I'm here <laughs> for it. I would love to see Megan, you know, going to town on Chucky. I personally believe Chucky could take Megan, but I know everyone is screaming that Megan would definitely be able to uh, curb stomp Chucky. So I didn't see what what was that? The newest Chucky movie with, I believe uh, Mila Kunis was in it. Uh, and they kind of yeah. made Chucky kind of like this. I believe it was like an AI sort of doll in that. Is that true? I, I didn't catch that, that new Chucky movie. Yeah. He kind of had like an evil buggy AI that made him do really bad things. And um, it, it played out similar to Megan, much less campy. It took itself way more seriously. I don't think it was as bad as everyone tried to make it out to be. Was it your typical Chucky? I don't think so. But, oh, it it wasn't Mila Kunis. It was Aubrey Plaza, oh, which Aubrey gives Plaza. it like plus 10 in my book. But <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, but it wasn't your typical Chucky movie. And I think that's why people hated it. Mm. But seeing Megan go at it with Chucky, uh, I would I would so pay money to see that. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely get like a, what was it, a Freddy versus Jason-esque Yeah, thing it would definitely be him. this generation's Freddy versus Jason. Absolutely. That would be a lot of fun. I, I would watch that that Rumble match so yeah. much. But James Wan has to direct it. I, that's <laughs> yeah. <how I> want it. <laughs> so I know on your podcast, you've discussed watching Wednesday. Um, how much have you finished it? Like, do do you have like what's your consensus on the show i really liked it i thought it was very fun and whimsical i liked the atmosphere and the environment the you know the the visual production value that they had in it and everything um i had a lot of fun with it and i feel like it didn't take itself too seriously i did have some you know critiques for how it ended in like the kind of main villain in the show but i mean overall i thought it was great i had like a really fun time with it i definitely think it was a good time it it was definitely fun to watch i think they could have taken it a little further i think it could have been a little darker it was very like young adult which is fine for what it is i just wish they could have done more and i wish gomez was treated a little bit nicely like nicer um, I didn't like seeing him get getting beaten at fencing. Like, I think that should be his thing, at least from the 90s movies. Um, it was a little concerning for to see like a muggle guy from town beat him at fencing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that part kind of bo- bothered me. But uh, other than that, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a fun time. And I'm glad to see that they're bringing it back for a season two. Do you think Jenna Ortega will be attached to it again? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I, she, she is the show. Um, I can't see them uh, parting ways from her or anything like that. And also, 
you know, I've been following her on Twitter and she really, it seemed from her tweets that she also really enjoyed making this uh, show and that she definitely wants to continue it. Cause I think that it's like perfect casting, honestly, just yeah. everything. She, I think she, she does a really good job. I just, she, you know, she's the horror darling of 2022. Oh my God. Yeah. She, so, she was in so I many just, things. I don't want her to, you know, think she's too big for it, but you know, you never know. I don't know. Cause by the time they start filming, it might be two years from now. She may be even bigger. Yeah, very true. I just I I have a hard time seeing someone whose Twitter profile is them picking their own nose, taking themselves too seriously. So <laughs> true, <laughs> true. I mean, it, it feels it's so hard to believe that we got to watch her in X, right? And she was so young in that movie when they filmed it, mm-hmm. and she's like growing up in front of us, yeah, on the screen. Like, it's insane to me. And she's done so much horror already. I know. I mean, just looking at 20, 2022 alone, she did Scream, Scream 5, uh, X, Studio 666. She's also on that Netflix show, You, and then, you know, then Wednesday as well. I mean, she's new gothic horror scream queen. <laughs> Amazing. Like, give the girl a vacation, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, has she had any time off? Right. And then if we want to count... The Scream 6 teaser trailer. She was in that too, so. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so for our next topic, um, I don't know if you got a chance to see the trailer for Renfield. I know you just watched Dracula for your podcast. What is your official opinion on Renfield? So, yes, you're right. I did just rewatch Dracula from 1931 for the show and got to see the Renfield trailer on the big screen last night, which was like one of the pluses from going to see Megan, even though I had to leave. Uh, It looks honestly, it looks fun, but I'm, I'm worried that it almost looks like a Netflix movie. If that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, it it does look fun and it's capturing the whole like neon light fuel and it, it almost feels Jalo ish. Kind of, it, 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 I think you and I talked about this earlier, but like it kind of feels like it's trying to ape a lot of what we do in the shadows. Um, yeah, definitely. And very big what we do in the shadows vibes. I kind of wish we were getting Guillermo instead of Renfield. Oh, wow. Like, how fun. How, give, give Guillermo his movie. That, I mean, he is do it. He is, he is do a movie. He is do like a comic run. I would watch and read all of that. Uh, Renfield is, is interesting though I mean the the trailer it did look fun and fun like funny and kind of wacky but uh, I do have concerns of ooh is this gonna look bad like 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 from like a production standpoint is it going to look like oh because th- Renfield is like jumping and fighting and punching people like he's a freaking superhero so I'm kind of worried it's going to be leaning too much into like superhero vibes and not gothic dracula vibe so that makes sense yeah like will it be able to balance the camp with the whole dracula thing that was the that was part of my problem even though i'm most definitely gonna see it even though it looks lots of fun you know i love dracula and making him kind of jokey rubs me the wrong way right and but i mean i'm here for it i'll i'll watch it i'll probably have fun uh I don't know how memorable it'll be in three years. 
Yeah, we'll see. It kind of looks like it belongs on a streaming service. It does. It does. Do Do you think Nicolas Cage being Dracula is going to be a pull for a lot of people? Absolutely. Like, there are so many diehard Nicolas Cage fans out there. <laughs> I mean, the things that Mandy did for that man's career. <laughs> but, you know, I know he's a big nerd. I know he is really into this stuff. And he takes his stuff seriously. It's not just a cash grab for him. I'm sure it was a dream for him to do Dracula. And I I know he's been kind of teasing this movie for a long time. So, you know, maybe it, it will turn out good. I don't know. I don't like his teeth personally in the movie. Um, they kind of look piranha-ish to me. But... Yeah, the the teeth do look, like you said, a little piranha-ish. And it, it is kind of a little over-the-top kind of camp um because I, I like the idea of at least him still having human teeth with the fangs that can like retract if he wants or whatever just to make him a little bit more yeah. stealthy and and scary um it reminded me a lot of uh, the teeth from another trailer that's on our docket today from evil dead rises it looked like the the necronomicon uh binding on, yeah. it, on his mouth but i'm excited to see nick cage cage out and being dracula because I will say I love the costume design they have for him. They have like all the jewelry on his hands, the the top hat, the canes. So I'm very interested to see this character brought to life. And it looks like it's taking place in present day. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, everything looked great until he stepped into that AA meeting and he started floating. At that point, I was like, is this what we do in the shadows? Right, right. I, I do hope that we get to see him transform into an actual bat. I hope that we at least get stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, since you got to see Renfield, like the trailer premiere at Megan, you also got to see Evil Dead on the big screen. Yes, yes. Evil Dead, Evil Dead Rise trailer on the big screen, which was great because I actually hadn't seen it yet on YouTube. So that was kind of fun. Um, and this, I'm honestly... Out of like the trailers I've seen for movies coming out in 2023, this might be the one I'm most excited for because yeah. I think this looks great. I am pumped. Evil Dead 2013 is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I must have seen that movie so many times in theaters. I am so ready for this movie. It I can't I can't put words into it. Like forget Scream as much as I love Scream. <laughs> Evil Dead. That's all I want to see this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. And the I'm just curious to see, you know, how they're going to be changing things, because this looks like the first Evil Dead movie that's not going to be taking place in the woods. You know, it's, it's, I'm very interested to see it taking place in this apartment. It's a very like urban setting. Uh, I, it it kind of like reminded me a little bit of the original idea for Halloween two, the, the the first the original Halloween sequel, because. You know, you know, it took like a, took place in a hospital. It was originally set to take place in like an apartment complex. So I'm interested to see all this play out in like a confined setting. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, to me, it looks so dark. Like playing around with this idea of your mom is like your mom wanting to murder you is so much worse than like your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, being trapped in a cabin with your girlfriend who wants to kill you all of a sudden and having to kill your girlfriend because she wants to kill you. Like, imagine your mom. Like, to me, that's so dark. And the, the trailer itself gives me so many questions. Like, it looks as if there's more than one Necronomicons 
in the Evil Dead universe because that book looks different from the book in 2013. Unless it's an updated one, I'm not sure, but it definitely looks different. It looks veinier. It's got the teeth on the sides. And if I remember correctly, because I, I am somewhat of an Evil Dead super fan, I've watched like the TV series and all that. There may be more than one book in the Evil Dead universe. I'm not sure. And this may just be an extra one that gets discovered. Or I think in the trailer they find it in the same cabin. But it definitely looks different from the one that was originally used. Yeah, it definitely does. But that's like a very fun thing to kind of just play play with. You know, all these different other books that are out there. And it very much kind of plays into what I think Sam Raimi wanted and has been trying to do with the movie franchise is that like there's all like these different sort of chapters or like entries of the evil dead because they're all like very unique from each other um you know from like the first one the second one the 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 army of darkness and then the the one from 2013 that you mentioned they're all they're all like connected but you could kind of like pick them pick them up off the shelf and just kind of enjoy it in a vacuum almost so I think that's like really fun. But you did mention that, you know, there's like some other settings that we got in the trailer because there was kind of like that A-frame cabin that we also got. But I'm wondering that's if this movie's going to play around with time and like do some like time jumps too. And like, I wonder if it's like kind of, because, you know, that happened in Army of Darkness. So like, I wonder if like we'll get some time jumps with what within the family, like them going back to like a vacation they took at this lake house or whatever. And like, shit going wrong there or whatever so i don't know i'm curious to see what all they're going to be playing around with in this and i'm wondering like will they tie it in with any other evil deads maybe like i would love for them to tie in with the tv series i would love to for them to explore more of that stuff because i feel like the ending of the tv series like the show was just getting started and they pulled the plug on it Mm. and it disappointed me so much i don't know if you've watched it i don't think you have but I think it's streaming on Netflix right now. It might be. But if you haven't watched it, you definitely should. It's so good. It's an incredible show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is is Bruce Campbell in the show? Yeah, he is. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I saw that, uh, you know, he's not in this movie, he's, but he's one of the executive producers with Sam Raimi. And um, also, I was also curious to see that uh, the director, because I, for some reason, I was under the impression Raimi was returning to direct this but he's not is being written and directed by this irish filmmaker named lee cronin so it's interested to see you know just how all this plays out but like you said it does look very dark and i'm i don't know i'm just here for it it looks scary but it looks it just looks so great <laughs> the only thing that could have made this movie even more perfect for me is if fetty alvarez returned mm. yeah. to make it like i love his movie so much he's so good All right, so our next topic is the new January release of Fangoria. Um, It's a really cool addition because it has Leatherface on it. And for Fangoria, that's actually pretty special. I know it's a particular favorite icon for Phil Nobile Jr. He's a huge fan of Leatherface. And I know it was a big deal for him to get the cover um, with Leatherface on it. Have you had a look at yours? Yeah, I have. And, and you know, like you said, it's a it's a really awesome illustration of Leatherface. But this is from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. Um, 
which uh which is uh super titled leatherface um but uh yeah in the, as you're saying kind of like the the main kind of cover article on here is talking about the 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 what they are calling one of the greatest hor- horror trailers ever made which was texas chainsaw uh, part three <laughs> i'm actually not that well read or well versed with texas chainsaw massacre i've seen the jessica beale one which was really good at least for me i thought it was a great movie terrified me as a child um i've seen the original and i've definitely seen the netflix one that everyone hated i didn't really hate it i don't know if i should be saying mm-hmm. that out loud but i thought it was at least somewhat fun yeah yeah you and i agree on that i liked the netflix one but i acknowledge it's a good b horror slasher movie but a bad texas chainsaw movie but nevertheless it's still fun to me the party bus scene alone sold the movie for me right (laughs) it was so exhilarating it was so over the top it was insane it was bonkers it was all those adjectives it made the movie for me (laughs) i had a good time Mm -hmm. i mean that's all i can ask from a movie right and it's really short. Like if you're cutting credits, it's I think it's like 75 minutes or 72 minutes without credits. It's a really short movie. Yeah, I know. Like some of the dialogue was a little cringy. Oh, it was yeah. a little too on the nose with some things. Um, but other than that, I thought it was fine. Right for a Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah, it was great. I mean, the kills were fantastic. I mean, uh, the the Fangoria issue that we're talking about has a top 10 2022 kills from horror movies for, from the year 2022 and uh i mean texas chainsaw had some of my favorites from 2022 so yeah <laughs> it, it provided it, it really scratched that itch for horror fans i think hmm. you know the crazy thing is for me having watched the chainsaw awards last year the kill that still stands out to me as best kill and this isn't even from 2022 is still the bread slicer from from fear street yeah still hands down i don't know why covid brain just melts all the years together at this point after 2020 the bread slicer still hangs on as best kill of of probably all time i don't know it's really good it's funny that you say that because when i was looking at our docket today and i saw the best kills of 2022 i instantly thought of that bread slicer and i had to go wait 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 that was that was 2021 i mean you know it was an amazing kill if it's still on our mind it still pops up mm-hmm. immediately. I mean, while we're on the topic, like, what do you think was your favorite kill? Uh, my favorite kill from 2022, I thought I had to think about this for a little bit, but honestly, it's it's a kill from Texas Chainsaw, the Netflix one, and it's the the death of the deputy in the van where Leatherface breaks his arm and the exposed oh bone God. out of the yeah. skin, and then he stabs him in his own neck with his own broken Insane. arm. Insane incredible incre- and that's like the first murder that you get to see in the movie and it's fantastic i was like fuck yes uh <laughs> i i love so it good. that's my favorite so good i mean i i guess i'm gonna be basic and say that my favorite kill had to be from terrifier 2 um who could top that right. it was just an insane over the top mean but still funny can be comic i don't know it's over the top. I don't know. the That poor girl. Like, it's seared into my mind. I still don't know how they did that little final scene where she gasps for breath when the mom walks in. 
like was that an animatronic was it a puppet i don't know it was insane it was great i was shocked mm, interesting I, I was actually going to ask you about because you know there's been lots of like very popular movies of horror to come like 2022 is probably like one of like the best years for horror that we've had in a very long time but when i think about the movies that i've seen on like everyone's list like scream barbarian smile nope none of those necessarily have like an exquisite kill that comes to mind when i think of those movies um and when i was kind of like thinking of my list like I, I don't know if i would have one from those movies especially like the scream movie but so exquisite is a really good word because to me the scene i don't know if i would use exquisite but cathartic there was something very cathartic about the hand sanitizer jar smash in scream five i don't know what it is about that little that little piece of the scene that was just it just felt so good and then when she's like who keeps hand sanitizer in a glass jar or some <laughs> kind of line like that it just was so perfect for me uh that little piece just like stands out i don't know why maybe covid i don't know I mean, you know what? Actually, good kill scene. Prey with the bear. I don't know if you got to see Prey. Oh, there's a scene where a predator faces off with a bear. And they go at it. And I mean, it's like everything a kid would want. Like bear versus predator. And it's just like insane. It's so much fun. I did not think it. I would ever see that. Like you pit this crazy animal versus the predator and i mean the the bear you know boxes the bear holds up but of course you know the predator is gonna win yeah i that sounds fantastic i i you know every kid does think about like predator versus something i'm looking at my list again from things you know x did have some really good kills in that too uh at least they were like pretty inventive um but again, I don't, I think, you know, you're talking about uh, a cathartic kill. I did love just the Pearl, the old woman, just getting ran over by a car at there at the end. Uh, that that was very cathartic. And I, I did. When she shoots the gun mm-hmm. and she goes flying. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's great. She had it coming. She did. She did. So it was very fulfilling and rewarding to see her head get crushed. But again, it's like I've we've probably have seen kills like that in other movies where people just getting their heads ran over i don't know did anything stick up from halloween ends uh i mean the dj kind of stuck out a little bit but not too many other ones from halloween ends really stuck out to me Mm, i would have to agree like the kills in halloween ends just felt very wimpy. The only part that I felt like, wow, I didn't, I couldn't believe they went there was when the kid falls over the banister. Because you never see ki- kids die. Never. So I guess that's the best kill in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I I fully expected Michael Myers to pop out of that closet where the guy was, like, hiding or something like that. But no, we didn't get that. 100%. 100%. We didn't get that. And instead, we get a kid falling to his death, which... I mean, props to them. Well, I mean, I feel like that's the only kill that really didn't pull its punches. Yeah. I mean, it's a great cold open to a movie that I found lackluster. I, I would be curious to see, you know, this upcoming Halloween, you know, October 2023, 
what the retrospective is going to be of Halloween ends. Are people going to come around on it? Are they going to be like, wow, that was pretty unique. You know, maybe we, we were too harsh on it. Or are people still going to be trying to forget about it? I have very little intention of revisiting it. Right. Um, I probably, I mean, never say never. Who knows? In 10 years, I may be rewatching it, but I, I don't see myself. I mean, it, it, I feel like it was cathartic to watch Jamie Lee Curtis say goodbye to Michael Myers at the very end. Mm-hmm. I, I really do feel that she got her send off. She got her goodbye. She got her closure. But I don't think us as the audience did. Yeah. Yeah. Especially just the way that it was he, the character Michael was treated and everything. It didn't feel like a proper send off for the fans. But I don't know. I, I, I Next October, I am going to be curious to see how I feel about it when I do rewatch it. Because I do plan on trying to see what the retrospective is going to be like. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not the greatest Halloween fan to begin with. Like, I know you know this. I'm a Rob Zombie Halloween fan. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, maybe it's, you know, the whole franchise is just not for me. But I enjoyed his movies. I thought they were brutal. I thought they were mean. He was just this big hulking man and was just murdering people. I didn't need to see Michael Myers get 1v1 against some 18-year-old kid. I mean, I right. thought that was silly. Like, why would you undermine your killer like that? I don't know. I, I, did, I didn't get it. It wasn't for me. Yeah. yeah I totally. won't poo-poo it for the people that enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, you know, if that's your bag, that's totally fine. It just wasn't for me either. Um, so Skinnamarink came out yesterday. No, Friday. Have you seen it? Have you heard anything about it? I have not seen it, but I did watch the trailer for it. And the trailer was interesting, to, to, to say the least. Uh, I don't know if it looked like something I would particularly enjoy. I did see that it was an experimental Canadian horror movie. And that's about, and I read the synopsis or like the premise, but that's about all I know about the movie. So this trailer had me beyond hyped. It looked terrifying to me. Uh, it gave me these like proto paranormal activity vibes. It really, uh, it was sold as this fever dream, this evocative like four-year-old story about being locked in a house and their parents are gone. And I was totally invested in this. I got to see it Friday night in a pack theater um, at the showroom in Asbury Park, and it was okay. I, mean, I I thought the trailer was really strong, and the movie. I keep hearing everyone saying like it's going to be very divisive. That fifty percent of the viewers are going to love it, and fifty percent are going to hate it. I think it achieved what it was supposed to do. It okay. it it was creepy. There the only creepy parts for me were, you know the scenes where you're staring into the dark and it's so grainy. You could almost see things forming in the darkness. Oh, I'm not sure if anything was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were a lot of very cheap jump scares that I didn't like. Um, very loud jump scares. It was an experience. I won't shit all over it. I won't because I know that this movie will find its audience. 
it was only made with I think a fifteen thousand dollar budget. Dang. And yeah, you're right. Shutter picked it up, and I'm sure it'll do well once it finds its audience. I don't know really what happened in the movie because it really is like an art house movie. It's pitched as like a fever dream. And I'm sure some people will find it creepy and scary. Um, I, I, I watch the whole thing. It's almost two hours long. Oh my God. I don't know what happened in those two hours other than very weird angles. I think you get to see two faces in an entire movie. And um, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> It's weird. It's an experience. Interesting. I mean, the the premise did have me intrigued. I mean, the, you saw you could you could say how true this is, but just from like Wikipedia, it said that it was about these two young boys who wake up and their father is gone, and all of the doors and windows to their house have vanished. The plot is very very. Um... Is that a loose term plot for, for this movie? <laughs> Uh, how do I explain this? I think if the first 30 minutes, if they would have just like given us what they gave us and then gave us more of a grounded storyline, it would have worked way better. But uh, the plot, a lot of it is implied. Um, mm. Most of the dialogue, which is probably a paragraph through the whole two hour movie is subtitled because it's so hard to understand. It's little whispers of children Um you hear in the trailer in this house and um, I, you don't, none of that happens. <laughs> hmm, interesting. And a lot of the jump scares are literally just, you know, staring at the darkness. And then all of a sudden it cuts to some random object and a loud scream. Mm. And that's the jump scare. Um, there are some really cool transitions that had me thinking like, wow, that, that, that was really cool. Um, other than that, you have to really get into that movie and be sucked in and engrossed to, I think, get creeped out. And I don't think I could do that in a movie theater with munching popcorn because it's so quiet. You will hear everybody chewing their popcorn or slurping mm. their soda. It, it it just for me to get engrossed in it, I, I couldn't. It was too quiet. You could hear everything. It was like a quiet place, but with grainy film mm. and no scares. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, that uh, sounds like something I would be skipping, but if people enjoy it, you know, we, be in, I would be interested to hear people, uh, you know, what their thoughts of the movie were. If they want to tweet at Horror Press. I think it, it was a cool movie. I just, I think for the experience, it's, it's worth watching. It's a cool movie that didn't work out for you. For me. For me. Because I know everyone is obsessing over it for some reason, but... Um, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to The Outwaters, though. I think Skinamarink and The Outwaters were really hyped. Skinamarink from Shudder, Outwaters by Screenbox. And um, I got screeners for out The Outwaters. I haven't gotten the chance to watch it yet. But I think that movie looks a little bit more grounded in reality and understandable, which will mean it's, I will enjoy it more. It's more of a traditional plot with a beginning, middle, end that we can follow. Yes, yeah. it's not just two <laughs> hours staring at children's feet. Right, yeah. So as we close out the podcast, uh, I'd like to quickly review the movies that are going to be coming out in January or the movies that are left over. So we have There's Something Wrong with the Children, which is coming out, I think, January 17th, so next week. 
Kids vs. Aliens, January 20th, Alone at Night, coming out on the same day. Fear and Blood, both of them are coming out on January 27th. And Infinity Pool, also coming out January 27th, which I'm super excited for. I mean, it's another Mia Goth movie, Cronenberg, well, Brandon Cronenberg, and Alexander Skarsgård. What more can you ask for? Um, so yeah, thanks for listening to our first episode of the Horror Press podcast. Uh, recently, Horror Press turned one year old, January 11th, and it's it's been a, a wild year. And um, thanks so much for helping us out with everything, Brooker. Um, it's been a pleasure working with you and your podcast, and uh, hope for many more. So make sure you follow us at Horror Press LLC on Twitter. Same handle on Instagram and on TikTok at Horror Press. And give a follow to Brooker at Brooker Horror. Yeah, Brooker Horror on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you for the kind words, James Michael. It's been it's been a very fun journey, and um, I'm looking forward to all the, the fun stuff that, are, that we are going to be able to cover 